Welcome to the Purposeful MD Podcast. As a physician, you've sacrificed so much of your life for other people, your patients, your family, your friends, and your colleagues. What would it feel like to spend time doing what you enjoy and to live without guilt? I'm your host, Dr. Laura Sutton, a family physician, certified coach, and business owner. If you're a medical professional on a journey towards your most purposeful life, a life with more time and energy and ultimately more joy, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode two of the Purposeful MD podcast. And today we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. It's January, middle of January. It's a time when a lot of people are setting resolutions, talking about new year, new you. And this might be you, and you might have struggled with New Year's resolutions in the past. I know I did, and so we're going to talk today about how to make those resolutions stick, why they might not stick, and how we can make them stick going forward. It makes me wonder, why are gyms always so packed in January? And why are they empty in December? What is it about the new year that gives us all this new energy and motivation? And then what is it about the end of the year that really just makes that motivation wane? I used to set resolutions. I set really high expectations for myself. And then I noticed that by February or March, I really felt like a failure because I wasn't meeting those expectations. And because I felt like a failure, my frustration of not meeting my goals just really multiplied. And I know I'm not alone, and I don't want that to be you. There's a lot of data that gives all these dates about when most New Year's resolutions fail and how long they last. It's anywhere from 21 days to six weeks. But we know that a lot of New Year's resolutions just don't really work very well. And so what can we do about that? After a few years of really struggling with keeping these resolutions, I tried something different. I broke my goals down into something smaller, something more manageable, and I realized I'm the one setting the goal so I can change it. It's my goal, so if I want to move it around, if I want to change it, that's okay. I give myself permission. And it really released a lot of pressure for me. It allowed me to be more productive, more peaceful. I wasn't beating myself up. And ever since then, I've really just been very intentional about not setting these expectations for myself that I may not want to achieve. So why don't New Year's resolutions work very well? Well, there are a lot of different reasons. One is that they can be unrealistic. We set these big goals. Again, January is a very arbitrary date, but we hear all this energy around us about a clean slate, a new start, and it can be, and that's okay. But if that clean slate and all of that energy around that just feels like more pressure for you, then don't worry about it. Again, it's an arbitrary date. We tend to think that we're going to be this new person in January. We're just going to wake up on January 1st and our brains are going to be different and we're going to want to do things different. We're going to have all this motivation that we didn't have before. And that just doesn't happen. Unless we do something different, we're not going to be different. So we might set these unrealistic and arbitrary goals and our brains shut down because subconsciously they don't even know where to start. And again, because we have difficulty starting and it might even be something that we really want to do, that just adds to our frustration. So setting unrealistic or 
goals that are too big for our brains to comprehend is a recipe for disaster. Another reason they don't work is our goals are vague. If we don't define it, then we can't achieve it. And our brains are going to shy away from these vague goals. We're going to shut down again. It's another subconscious block. So I was working with a client last year who said that he wanted to get in shape. Now, that's a great goal. It wasn't around the new year, but this is something that he wanted to to set for himself. So first I had to ask him, what does that mean? It was a really vague goal. Getting in shape means so many different things to different people. So I had to get him to understand, how do you define that? What does it mean for you to get in shape? How do you know that you've accomplished that? We had to get really, really specific. What does that look like? Does that mean losing weight? Does that mean lowering your cholesterol? Does that mean getting a smaller waist circumference? Does that mean feeling stronger? And again, if it's something like feeling stronger, how do you define that? Do you want to weight lift a certain amount? We have to be really specific so that we can know very clearly whether or not we met the goal. A third reason that New Year's resolutions might not work is that they're overwhelming. We try to take on too much at once. There's a concept called the arrival fallacy, where our brains try to convince us that once we get to this certain point in our life, we'll be happy. You might have felt that when you were growing up. You might have felt when you were in high school, once I get to college, I'll be happy. And then when you're in college, you might have felt once I get to medical school, and this can continue, once I get to residency, once I become an attending. When we actually know that The outcome doesn't bring us happiness, and we can get really frustrated feeling like, well, I'll be happy when, and then that when date arrives and nothing changes in our life. We still feel the same. And so that can trick us into thinking that once we meet this goal, then we'll be happy. And our brains just really shut down at that again. If we try to take on too many things at once, telling ourselves that once we get to this point, we'll be happy. It doesn't lead to happiness. That outcome doesn't bring us happiness. What brings us happiness is our mindset and how we think about it. You've heard the phrase that it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And that is really true in this case. And we can expend a lot of energy asking ourselves, why can't I do this? We're really smart, accomplished people. And we tend to be very hard on ourselves when we can't meet our goals. That's why we set such high expectations for ourselves, because we know we can do it. We've accomplished so much in our life already. So when we beat ourselves up, it just makes it that much worse. Another reason that New Year's resolutions tend to not work well is that those goals can be arbitrary. It can be a goal that doesn't mean much to us. It can be something that we feel like we should do or that someone else wants us to do. And if we don't feel that we're aligned with that goal, if we don't feel like it's something we really want, our nervous systems and our brains will pick that up and they'll block us from doing that. It's another subconscious block. We might do it. We might comply for a while, but it's not going to be sustainable. And it just takes that much more energy for us to comply and to get through with that behavior. I was coaching a client a couple years ago who made a commitment to a project with her religious organization that she felt like she had to do out of obligation. She felt like she had to do it because no one else would, and she really wanted this project to be completed, but she didn't really want to do it. She didn't have the time for it, and it wasn't something that was important to her. She struggled so much with getting started and completing the project, 
And at the end, she wasn't happy with it. She didn't enjoy it at all. So those goals have to be meaningful to us or we might get through it again, but that's going to take a lot of energy, energy that could have been better spent somewhere else. So I want to talk a little bit about boundaries. We all hear topics about setting boundaries, maintaining boundaries, and it's something I really want to dig into in another podcast. But in order for us to know what our goals are that are meaningful for us, what those goals are that are important to us, we have to know what our boundaries are. And if we spend our time people-pleasing, if we have unclear boundaries, it's going to lead to a lot of frustration and burnout. This is really difficult, especially for physicians, because we've internalized that we can't say no to other people. Imagine if when you were in medical school or residency saying no to your attending about seeing a patient or performing a procedure, even if it was something you didn't really want to do, or maybe you'd been awake for 36 hours, or you hadn't had anything to eat in 12 hours, or you really needed to go to the bathroom, but you were asked to stand and retract, hold the retractor in the OR for nine hours on end with no breaks. We just couldn't say no, and that's what we learned. We were penalized for saying no. We couldn't imagine saying no to our superiors in those situations. So we are rewarded for people-pleasing. It takes practice for us to set and maintain boundaries. And when we do that, we give permission to the people around us to do the same thing. I'd like for you to go through an exercise right now. If you're in a place where you can close your eyes, then that's great. Go ahead and close your eyes. If not, if you're driving or if you can't, then just get centered with your body. Think about a time that comes up for you When somebody asked you to do something that you didn't want to do, that you felt obligated to do, just think about that, bring that into mind, and notice what happens in your body. Is there any heaviness in your chest, maybe some tightness in your jaw, some tension in your neck? It probably doesn't feel very good. Now imagine that that obligation or that ask was taken away, that you were never asked to do that or somebody else is going to do it. Now notice what happens in your body. You probably feel a little bit lighter, like maybe some tension was lifted, maybe some more relaxed, more peaceful. That's what we're going for, that centeredness, that groundedness. We want to make sure we're acting out of love rather than out of obligation. I'd like for you to think for yourself, what's one boundary that you can set this week? It's okay to start small. In fact, we want to. If you go for the big things right away, it can be really difficult. So start small. And as you think about setting that boundary, what thoughts come up? It might be a thought that, I can't set that boundary. I can't do X, Y, or Z. That other person won't like me. As you notice these thoughts, question them. Ask yourself, are they true? Is it really true that that person won't like you? And writing down these questions can be really helpful. And if you're in a place where you can do this as a journaling exercise, I really encourage it because just the act of getting those thoughts on paper can be so powerful. And then what permission do you need to give yourself to set this boundary? Is there something you need to let go of? Again, notice how your body feels and write that down. We want to get to that place where we can let go of people-pleasing and let go of that feeling that we have to sacrifice for ourselves. This is a great exercise to come back to, and it's a great exercise to work through with a coach as well. So how does all of this relate to setting New Year's resolutions? If we're not maintaining those boundaries, if we're setting resolutions out of obligation, 
it's not likely to stick. Our bodies are going to eventually rebel. We might comply in the short term, but it's not pleasant and it is not sustainable. For those resolutions really to stick, the goals have to be very concrete. They have to be specific. So in my example of the client that said, I want to get in shape, we had to get very clear on what that looked like for him. It turned out to be exercising and working out. So again, what type of workout? Is he going to use equipment? Is it going to be a running or a walking, something that doesn't require any equipment? Is he going to the gym? When is he going to the gym? Before work, after work, evenings? Is there any support needed? Does he need to let somebody know of his intentions? Talk to his family, let them know he's going to be working out in the mornings or working out in the evenings. Putting it on the calendar, again, can make it very real, very specific. Making that appointment with yourself, making that commitment to yourself. The goals also have to be realistic, has to be something that's obtainable, something meaningful, something that's important to you, back to that boundaries and people-pleasing. And it has to be obstacle-proof, so we have to plan for barriers. In the same coaching example with my client who wanted to get in shape, he had a lot of after-hours work obligations. And sometimes these came up on the fly where he couldn't really plan for them. So if he scheduled a workout for an evening where he was asked to attend a meeting after hours and he really needed to be at that meeting, is there another time he could do that workout? Maybe the following morning or the weekend? So we have to anticipate that those barriers are going to come up and come up with a plan B. Another approach that can be really helpful is instead of thinking of these as resolutions, think of them as personal growth, self-development, developing new habits. When we think about them as resolutions, they lose steam by February or March. So thinking of them as a new habit, a new approach, a new program that you're going to do can really maintain that momentum throughout the year. One key concept that I will be stressing a lot throughout my podcast is the importance of self-compassion. And this is a concept that was studied extensively by Dr. Kristen Neff out of UT Austin. And she defines self-compassion as treating yourself the way that you would treat a loved one. We can tend to be very hard on ourselves, even if we are very kind to other people. And so one trick that Dr. Neff talks about is really speaking to ourselves the way that we would talk to a friend. So if a friend was coming to you and saying that they were struggling with something, you wouldn't berate them. You wouldn't say, gosh, you're so stupid. Why can't you figure this out? And yet we tend to talk to ourselves this way. Even thinking about ourselves or talking to ourselves in the third person can help. And saying, yeah, you're really struggling with this, or I'm really struggling with this. I'm here for you. What can I do to help you? That can be so important. And Dr. Neff has so much information on her website about self-compassion. It's been a concept that has been incredibly important to me throughout my life, and I'm sure I'll do an episode just on self-compassion because it's just that important. It can be really helpful to keep in mind throughout this process. So I'd like you to get into action here. Think about a goal that you have, and let's get really clear and specific. What's the action that you will take? Write it down. Be very specific. The way that I like to think about the specificity is, would a kindergartner know whether or not you've done that action or not? Can we tell very easily whether or not you've taken action? And then when will you take this action? Again, be very clear. 
What are the barriers that might come up? And there will be barriers. Life will happen. How will you overcome those barriers? And are there any other resources that you need? Is there something that you need or somebody that you need to help you stay accountable? This is why personal trainers work so well. People will pay money just to have the accountability of going to the gym. And this is why coaches can work very well too. One aspect of coaching that can be really important is the accountability. Somebody helping you to get into action and to stay accountable. Sometimes when we tend to be accountable for ourselves, it can be just that much more challenging, but we're more likely to be accountable to somebody else. So I encourage you to try these steps and reinvent your New Year's resolutions. Look at your New Year's resolutions in a whole new way. And I'd love to hear how this has worked out for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Purposeful MD podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the show. Please also visit my website, www.thepurposefulmd.com for free downloads or to discuss working with me as your coach.